0: Welcome to the Scottish Business Network podcast.
1: Hello, I'm Fraser Allen, and welcome to episode 18 We Have Come of Age. So, what do we have for you this time? Well, ask a business owner what their biggest problem is, and the answer is often people. Workflows can be mapped, production lines can be automated, and customer promises can be made. But if you have a few bad apples in your organisation, it can be very disruptive. It can also be difficult and stressful to deal with, particularly for owner-managers of SMEs. Step forward, Stephanie Robinson. She set up a business called Solve HR, which provides bespoke HR support to organisations. The daughter of entrepreneurial parents, she has long understood the pressure that HR problems can cause, and as well as talking us through her career to date, Stephanie offers insights into some of the most common challenges she helps people with. I interviewed Stephanie in the Bonham Hotel in Edinburgh. Stephanie Robinson, hello. Now, when you were growing up, did you think one day I want to be an HR guru?
0: Absolutely not.
1: (laughs) What did you want to be?
0: Uh, travel the world and uh, recently we unearthed a whiteboard that we found in the garage and um, my partner was taking the mick out of me because it said like <laughs> going help in a, a monkey sanctuary in <laughs> Asia. <laughs> so no, probably the answer was to be a diplomat. I always wanted oh, really? to oh, yeah. join the foreign office and yeah. um, had real ambitions to do that. Yeah, um, But my Sister has succeeded in those ambitions, so that's always nice. <laughs>
1: right, okay. Yes. So you grew up in Edinburgh. Yes. Went to Aberdeen University, as all the best people do.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh,
1: and uh, so what, what were you studying there? Was it, were you still hoping to be a diplomat at that point?
0: Yes, yeah, so I studied international relations and management at uni. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do one HR course, one HR module, thought it must be really boring why would you want to do that
1: <laughs> So so what happened, why did you not become a diplomat or what was well, the attraction with HR
0: it, There wasn't really um, I got offered a event management role at the Caledonian in Edinburgh for £10,000 per annum after you know about 12 14 months of, work, of hunting uh, in the job market after leaving uni and helping my mum who ran a weddings in Scotland business at the time. and so learned a lot about websites and design and things like that. And then um, I got at the same time I got that offer. I was interviewed in London for a recruitment consultant position with a company called Digby Morgan and they exclusively hired for HR. Uh, positions and roles, and the twenty-two thousand pound salary in London sounded like a much better deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's where I ended up, and recruited with them for eighteen months, um, and really started to to understand what HR was about and how it could add value. And they kindly agreed to pay for some of my CIPD, you know, the qualification mm-hmm. for HR professionals. And I took specifically the employment law stream module um, for the qualification and really, really enjoyed that. Right. Uh, um, and it, it kind of went from the so basically. So it was quite
1: an exciting time So I took a similar path of the year, went to Aberdeen and then started my career in London in my 20s and... It's quite a fun time of life to be in, in the, the big city isn't it
0: yes yeah there's lots of yeah. uh, lunches with wine <laughs> <laughs> and then coming back to, <laughs> to work to try and work and yeah. in a recruitment agency type of uh, environment um, there was there was a lot of fun um, and I was you know 22 23 there was a lot of friends down there so um, yeah it was, a, it was a good time and I enjoyed the summers lying yeah. in the commons sure, yeah. in the sun and yeah. yeah, having a few beers
1: so you 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 kind of got into HR sort of by accident but obviously took to it and then what was the next stage what brought you back to to Scotland
0: oh love (laughs) 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 the (laughs) ex-husband probably the best thing he's done (laughs) Yeah no, um, we, I came back, um, found a job in house in a company at the time called DocuServe, um, which is now Intelligent Office, and they work nationally in legal offices, lawyers' offices, supporting their front and house reception and hospitality and back of house, um, managing um, the doc- the. The document, basically, from scanning, um, conflict checking, um, file management, um, photocopying. So uh, quite a few companies in Edinburgh and Glasgow now still use them. Um, and my role was to recruit um, the Centre team or the front of house receptionist team. And that was my first in-house HR role, really. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And so what will happen next? Because you've, you've, you've gone on to develop quite a speciality in this field.
0: Yeah, so I did that um, and really didn't have a great HR director boss. Uh, <laughs> I really liked the company. I liked the fast pace. It was outsourcing. The company was quite dynamic, but they brought in a HR director and she blew hot or cold and um, you just never knew where you were and I think that was my first real understanding of what bullying in the workplace could be oh, like oh. I wouldn't ever say I mean she, she, it was bullying now that I know it um, hmm. and she was like that with everybody but it was a very toxic environment to have to work in and you could feel everybody on pins when she was in and she'd invite you to work at home with her at certain times and then other times oh, yeah. you were her worst friend ever oh. and she'd shout across the office at you And I just thought, you know, I don't need this Um, and looked around and there was a a vacancy in the Pyramids Business Centre in Bathgate at a company called Actuate, which is a pharmaceuticals company. And they were looking for an HR advisor to support the senior team. They are uh, kind of report to a larger HR team based at the Rickerton site. And they, they, they Basically packed pills. They have big manufacturing mm. process. I think they still do. They they process um, lots of different pills, put them in pack packs. So it's clean packaging environment. Um, and I really enjoyed that, but I was bored. You know, the, it was a site role. So once I'd done all the filing, and if there was no disciplinaries going on. I was just like right where's the next challenge and I'd managed to do my dissertation for the PhD in HR whilst sitting in role Monday to Friday but having worked in outsourcing you know Mm. I'm quite used to working in a fast paced environment and um, and so there was yeah just thought right what next Um, and that's when a role with Peninsula came up and Peninsula are the biggest employment consultancy in the UK and they're not a consultancy necessarily I don't know what you would describe them as they set up in the early 70s and really captured the market and uh, they were came from the betfred brothers uh, who who run the betfred you know betting shops oh, and they got done really in a sexual harassment claim I think and they realized that there wasn't a bridge mm-hmm. between Employment lawyers and something for SMEs that mm. can't afford it. And so they set up, they um, have a big call centre in Manchester. And my role was to work from home, travelling across Scotland, going to their new clients and setting up contracts of employment. And so they had a really good training course um, and fairly thorough induction. Um, and I really liked getting out on the, uh, the road and meeting business owners and small businesses and seeing how it could help and that's where I got pregnant and had my daughter. Right (laughs) but
1: but as well as as having a daughter it was obviously a little entrepreneur trying to get out at some point as well Mm. because you set up your own business.
0: Yeah well mum and dad have have always been entrepreneurial and been in and around that kind of environment and And, um, yeah, on my maternity leave, I was, I think even before Grace was born, sitting, doing business plan and how it would look. And I think it was just seeing the opportunity to help small business owners because dads had owned businesses and knowing how much he puts life and, and energy and starting from nothing into the company really made me, when I was out consulting with these business owners, want to help them and show them that there was... Ways to get around any problems that they were having with staff you know because invariably a, a business owner feels like you know they they've put they've they've maybe forfeited their mortgage for the first six months of their of their business new business life they've put their family under strain some of them or or you know some and, and they they've worked long hours and hmm. And sometimes when a, a member of staff comes in and they pay them, and bearing in mind the essence of an employment relationship is pay for work, when people don't work or they take the mech or they go off on sick, people naturally feel hard done by when mm-hmm. you've put everything on the line for, it, for that to allow yourself to employ people. <laughs> um, and so it was trying to support people that um, had gone out and done something for themselves. And I very much do believe that, you know, um, that, you know, we all, we're, where somebody's put their heart and soul into something and, and gone out and tried to do something, that they, sh- they should have that sort of mm. mechanism. And I don't think it's necessarily always there. And certainly the model that Peninsula offered wasn't there. You know, yeah. clients would come and say to me, mm. can you, <gasps> Steph, you did such a great job here. Can you do this for me? Can mm. you help me with that? And I would say, well... I'd love to, but my hands are tied. You know, the model mm. was vanilla in the sense it's one, sh- one, one way for everyone and you had to call the contact centre and you had to go through that s- service for many different reasons um, and because it's a, a cost-effective model for them, but also for they had uh, an indemnity scheme um, which they needed to protect themselves and mm. also encouraged employers to use to protect themselves. the sure. yeah
1: and with that sort of service as an employee you ring up you don't know who you're speaking to it could be a different person each time potentially Yeah. I've not used Peninsula but I've used other similar sorts of things so there's no there's no personal relationship I know that you bill yourself very much as a kind of pragmatic Mm. um, advisor or supporter of of businesses Um, what, what do you mean by that?
0: Well pragmatic I think is about learning what the business needs and wants are and trying to Come to a solution that's ethical, but actually addresses the situation and the solution. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the time with um, uh, the potential model, the, the issue is well, there's a template, and then business owner is required to then work out from that template what it should be doing with them. And if mm. you're not an employment lawyer or you're not, you know, even a HR practitioner. What's the best way? How do you mm. get get mm. that outcome that you're looking for? You know, and even sometimes with the best of intentions, when you you you, you get to the point of dismissal or mm. um, welfare meeting or performance management meeting, you're still running the risk that employee is going to toddle off down to the employment tribunal, yeah. And that's when you know getting that additional support and really putting the business case forward or putting the little. Mm. Added sentences of "we've also tried this and we've also tried that and we've also done this for you" mm. can really make the difference uh, mm. in that outcome and the decisions. Um, and yet, the guidance is often not there. Yeah.
1: Uh, as you've you've alluded to with your your experience of your parents' businesses um, with running a business, there's there's lots of things that are relatively easy to manage, but people management is 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 really complicated because people are complex. Yes. What are some of the, the big issues that employers often come to you? What are the kind of perennials that keep popping up?
0: Oh, perennials. Um, more increasingly, it's about culture and structure and how do, how do I get the best from staff? You know, we've got so much out there Um about, you know, you need to do, should be doing this. And there's some fabulous companies, normally with great big deep pockets, that can really look at initiatives or even research and in initiatives to um, keep staff happy, retain them, and attract them. So that's one that's reoccurring. It's not something that we typically always get to get involved in mm-hmm. because, oftentimes, or more often than, than not, Um, companies are coming and saying right actually we need to get rid of this manager or we need to do this restructure or redundancy um, or this person's not working out and I would say that particularly in the SME area they don't have the luxury unfortunately and the, and the, the money or even the headspace to allow them mm. to do all that great stuff that they want to do. There's always a will, and there's always a desire, mm. but unfortunately, you know, your resources are tighter, and um, productivity tends to be probably a wee bit higher anyway, mm-hmm. um, because of the nature of the business and the way it's set up, and the closer the closer proximity that a CEO or the managing director or even just the partner has to staff, and so yeah. um, these kind of initiatives. Kind of fall by the wayside quickly, or just don't ever get off the ground. Um, but yeah, most times it's 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 the uh, hard HR, as I would call it. Sure. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah. People not working out, right? Um, yeah. Or maybe getting themselves tied in knots over a recruitment situation, or. um um, restructuring and redundancies
1: mm. more yeah.
0: often now today,
1: even. Yeah. And of course, you're as a business owner, you're, owner, you're particularly able to, to relate to the issues that some of those customers are going through.
0: Yeah. What what are some?
1: Do you, are there any particular common mistakes that you think business owners make when it comes to uh, thinking about HR or you know how they, they create their own how they manage HR internally?
0: Uh, yeah there's a there's a few common mistakes and I've made them myself you know I think it's really easy I've always known how easy it is for me to sit and be objective around the table and take you know talk about a new mm. situation and see it really objectively but when it's yourself and mm-hmm. when you're a business owner you know these are people you trust you you want to encourage you you want to build a relationship with and in that process it becomes harder to be impartial and you know things it's like a relationship it's like a mm. marriage isn't yeah. it it's, everything starts off rosy with the best of intentions and then little things creep up <laughs> don't they like we were talking about that earlier you know like not changing the toilet roll or not putting the or- fresh orange juice back in the fridge or um it's the same in the workplace mm. you know mm. they just never reply to that email or you know the, the, why? Why can't they just file it in the right place? And these little things chip away at the relationship and somebody's credibility of the you know the panacea for the problem or bookkeeper or the issues. Then they, they kind of they, they they change over time. And I think, um, of you know where somebody has, where an employee has maybe gone a wee bit too far. It's hard to remember the good times from an employer's perspective. You know, mm, you're paying mm. this person to do a job, and yet yeah, they're still not doing it. Um, and the com- common mistakes are maybe just al- um, allowing sometimes too quickly re- or allowing yourself to react and, and not taking taking advice first. So, you know, we're solve. We're there to solve mm. the problem. Um, but ideally in, in every situation you would like to advise them before it becomes a problem. And then you, you can right. often find a solution yeah. a lot easier, a lot quicker, a lot cost effective. Mm-hmm. Um and the, the the you know, I can often see this isn't gonna end up here if we don't do XY and Z. That's what experience gives you. Um and so it's, it's not taking advice early enough. And, and believe you me, I know how much lawyers have cost me over the years, so I can see why people are reticent. Mm-hmm. But it's just trying to get the right knowledge and experience up front where possible uh, can help. Or, or often, you know, and I've done it myself, carrying people too long when you can see nice. see the costs or, or, or the business isn't coming in the funnel. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you've you promised these people a job and they're doing really well and you don't want to lose them. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's business and you've got to make the books, you know, balance and stay in the black. And that's sometimes a lot of the common mistakes businesses make. And they come yeah. to you a wee bit too late and you're then trying to do consultations for redundancy and look at redundancy costs. And by then, you know, somebody's had another year's service so it's another five hundred and twenty five pounds today uh, that they're then paying and that costs people money and mm. that's that's a shame. And but that's because we're trying to do well, we're trying to turn the business around, we're not trying to make redundancies. Sometimes the hardest thing, and I've done it myself, is to just, you know, stop and say, if I continue down this route
1: Sure. Yeah. It's gonna be harder. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Solve, is is obviously, it's all about helping employers uh, manage those those situations, but you've had rather a clever initiative as well now to look at it from the other side. And you've launched a a kind of complementary business, which is to help employees who find themselves faced with HR problems. Can you tell us a bit about that?
0: Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a very different um, kind of app um, that came from a lot of we we got and I've had over my career, a lot of inquiries. Um, can you help, you know, Steve with this? Can you help Jane? She's going through this at work. Um, and we launched a web chat on our website and there was loads of, you know, employees coming and saying, can you help me with this? And, yeah. and you know, you invariably had to point them to Citizens Advice or ACAS and I, I did have a bit of an epiphany <laughs> moment where I was like eh there must be something else we can do here um and it was just an itch I had to scratch, I was like oh and you know the more you think about it the more excited you get and the more options you have and you could do this and you could do that and you know the, the, the blueprint for how it would look, how it looks and how it looks now are completely different of course um i was you know literally you know all singing and dancing um but now what we have launched is an app for employees to um you know sign up for a very small fee and get some uh, initial guidance if they are going through um some internal uh, disciplinary in-house um, and get some initial support upfront um because through research we discovered that although ACAS is are similar to really how Solve started, there wasn't a great um a, a market for really good cost effective advice for people that are in real problems. And um it's it's really interesting actually because again it's it's people that are coming through are people that employers, not I wouldn't I wouldn't look at any of my clients and say in the Solve business, that they will ever suffer from an issue like this. People are just treating other people really badly, mm-hmm. um, not following process, and it tends to be the bigger corporates, actually. Sure. Yeah. And that's that's really interesting, because these people should have it all ironed out. They've got in-house HR teams, and yet they're falling foul of their own process. Um, a lot of bullying and harassment. Right. A, real, a lot of bullying and harassment. A lot of people really distressed in terms of where to turn um, and uh, looking for help and guidance and that is quite difficult I mean you can go through the law and the statutory processes and advise them on that but naturally uh, the users of the app who are coming through with those issues are worried that they're already being bullied is this mm. not going to make things worse? Yeah And it's trying to empower them, it's trying to suggest maybe soft skill coaching, ways to try and speak to people that have maybe been quite dominant and quite Mm. vocal, Mm. um, whether it's managers or bosses, and try to to encourage them to ask for a bit of respect and explain that they're focused and willing to work and they're dedicated to their workplaces, but that they can't be treated like that. So there's a lot of coaching
1: mm, <laughs>
0: that's not even really to do with HR and employment law that's going through I at the can see moment.
1: another business developing, here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's...
1: Do you think it's going to be a, a big issue? Because now people are much more willing to come forward, I, I think, uh, if they feel they're being badly treated in the workplace than they would have been you know, 20 years ago when there was all, all kinds of dodgy things going on that, that people never really revealed.
0: Yeah, I think... I think obviously the, the tribunals fees that have been reversed. I um, know. I think they will. The government got that wrong, and actually think there should be a fee, a very small fee, which is not disadvantaging you know, women as it was mm. d- determined. Um, as a as a kind of almost check and balance to the applicant, mm. because I do believe there are people there. And I've seen it in the health and safety claims that just use it as an opportunity. Oh, they're opportunistic. Right. They're going to take their employer, come hell or high water, no matter how well they were mm. treated, how well they were paid to an employment tribunal. Um, and I've, I've experienced it. I've had a client where very, very well paid and, and remunerated and good benefits. Went through a very basic redundancy program, uh, no no agenda, and the gentleman just could not acknowledge. it. Maybe there's pride there, mm. but just kept, even you know kept coming at with without prejudice. Please give me this amount of money, or I'm taking you to tribunal. So so mm. threats, mm. and there's inc- sadly an increasing claims culture.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, um, which is meaning that for every poorly treated person, which there are, there's probably. An opportunistic person who's not necessarily been poorly treated, mm. and they are maybe using their employer's lack of knowledge mm. or um you know a slip up on one little process mm. to take that further and gain.
1: Right. Right.
0: So um, yeah, it's uh, an interesting yeah. eh, space to be in. Yeah,
1: and we'll keep changing, and how do you, how do you see? your business changing, I mean, have you got a, 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 an idea of where you'd like to be in sort of five to ten years' time?
0: Yeah, um, oh, I've had big plans, Fraser.
1: <laughs> we all do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm torn. I've always, I've been torn in the last couple of years. Um, I've got a great team and I, I really appreciate my team. They do so much for our clients they've got a great ethos and i could keep it like that and make have a very easy life not mm-hmm. any you know a happy life an easy life yeah. doing what i love or you know it's that someone's that catch 22 or you invest a bit more money and invest a bit more time and invest a bit more energy probably to the detriment of family and grow it um and that's the hard part isn't mm-hmm. it um, and we've grown in the last year organically you know I've been working a lot on the project we get a great referral um and you know we get a lot of distress purchases as well so I'm not sure right now am i'm a wee okay. bit in yeah. that way of and um I think what I need to do is kind of consolidate and <laughs> just I've been so busy mm-hmm. if not but kind of Look at a bit of an eighteen-month plan, right. and and you know see where the team is. We're recruiting at the moment, so he's trying to get that right team fit. Mm. And once we have that person in place, and maybe one or two others, um, I can then have a bit more sure, headspace to think. Right, what we're doing? Are we going to just continue and and grow, which is working really well? Or do we we take another step
1: another roll of the dice? Oh, another roll of the dice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you're living in Edinburgh, that's where the business is, is based. Um your clients are all over the place. Uh what what's a, an average week like for Stephanie Robinson?
0: Oh, every week's different. Every day's different, which is what I love. You know, it's really it's really diverse. Um uh, you know, like yesterday I was in Glasgow three meetings, the day before that I was in Glasgow for two meetings um, today I'm with you <laughs> um, and then I could have a couple of days in the office I could, like, some days well, a couple of weeks I've been doing disciplinary panels, so I've been sitting advising uh, high profile people in a, a disciplinary capacity and that's two, three days a fair I've been looking at evidence from a report and creating a report for an outcome, um, and yeah, just you know, mm-hmm. having redundancy consultations sometimes, um, meeting clients, um, doing proposals, just really varied. And sure. Keep that variety keeps me going. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Stephanie, thank you very much. It's been fascinating hearing about the world of HR from your perspective, because you really know what you're talking about. You've also written a book, which is highly recommended reading. Would you like to tell us about that?
0: Oh, yeah, that was another itch I had to scratch. (laughs) It started off with, there's a title, working title, until I got shot down in flames. Um, You know, what your employment lawyer won't tell you. (laughs) Because, again, it's coming from this passion of, Mm. I do... I'm probably going to get sued for this statement, but you know, I do feel like lawyers totally and um, completely uh, exploit business owners, um, and you get very little in return. And I feel like that. I've I've been in that situation personally and professionally. Um, so I thought, right, I'm just going to write down some tips and hints. Um, for the SME owner yeah. you know as a starting point to kind of pick it up and go oh right okay I get that a bit more all ah, right you know so oh, that's what the disciplinary process really is and that's what I need to do um that's what settlements agreements are all about so really that's what the, the book was it was it's it's by no means a masterpiece um it's it's just tips and hints in my language um it's been distilled by an editor a number of times to try and just get to the essence of what you could pick up as a owner yeah. and go alright, great, that's given yeah. me a bit of understanding of that uh, and some ideas and that's the the purpose, really aimed at SME owners who are probably in exactly the same situation to me, I could do it with one for finance and a few others <laughs> you know, sure. just self-help guides yeah. almost, because I love a book I love reading, I love getting you know Um, some information that will help move the business forward.
1: Well worth a read. Stephanie Robinson, thank you very much. Thank you. As Depeche Mode once put it, people are people, so why should it be that you and I should get along awfully? Well, I think maybe Stephanie put it rather better than that. Many thanks to her... And we'll be back in two weeks' time with another big personality from the world of Scottish business.
0: To find out more about the Scottish Business Network, simply visit sbn.scot.